0: hey welcome into the program everybody it is the joel klatt show and i am joel Clat. thank you as always for joining us remember uh always follow the show subscribe rate review us do all those fun things you can follow us on social media any social media platform out there at joel klatt show you can follow me personally on twitter at joel klatt or on instagram at joel underscore klatt lots going on um in in the world of of college football. And I wanted to just take a moment here, as we've seen spring football, now we've got the draft, we've got the transfer portal, the uh, spring portion of it, at least, kind of wrapped up for the most part. And I wanted to just take, let's take a snapshot of like, where are we at? Okay, so I wanted to do a post-spring top 25 on today's show, and I think it'll change a little bit, maybe before next season. You know how I feel about preseason rankings, but again, this is a good opportunity to take a snapshot because things in the off season in college football change dramatically and and much more dramatically than they ever have in the past. So we've gotta be able to take these snapshots, whether it's right after the season, right before spring ball, right after that first transfer uh, portal window and, and high school recruiting, and now after spring ball, and after the spring portal window. What is the snapshot of college football? Has anything changed? So let's go through it. Now, normally, as you know, the suspense builds to one, but there is no suspense at one, so we're actually gonna go one to 25. So those of you who are just wondering if your team is creeping in, uh, that'll be in just a moment, moment, because we're gonna start one to 25. Let's get into it. First and foremost, I wanna tell you that when I rank teams, and this happens, by the way, in the fall. I do this by tiers. And to me, there's always a pool of teams that have separated themselves or are in a separate category. And then I look at those in a snapshot and I start to parse out how I'm going to rank them. Well, for me, the, the top tier in college football really is is four, certainly. But this year, I think five teams. And so I'm going to go through these top 5 and you have to know that nobody else was considered for me in the top 5 except for these uh that I'll go through here right now. Number 1 is easy. We all know this and they're going to be I believe a pretty consensus number 1 unless people want to be, you know, hot takey and an outlier with their uh rankings. Georgia is going to be the number 1 team in the country in this post spring edition and rightly so. They're loaded, back-to-back national championships and you can Claim all you want, like, well, they don't have a quarterback. That just makes it interesting. I still trust Kirby Smart and Georgia and everything that they've done, in particular because of what they've got from a talent perspective. If you look over the cycle of recruiting, and I always look at about four years, and I understand it's going to change with with the transfer portal and, and how are we looking at overall recruitings versus high school recruiting rankings. But if you do look at high school recruiting rankings, you go back, and in the last four cycles, they're second, they're third, they're fourth, and they're first. This is, this is a team that's going to be loaded, and they will be loaded for the foreseeable future. And it's not like they're getting rid of—well, getting rid—replacing, I should say. It's not like they're replacing a world-beater at quarterback. You know how I feel about Stetson Bennett. He played great. He had great statistics. He gets to New York, and you know what? Good for him. But this is not a guy that's going to be overly difficult to replace. I think that they will be able to replace him, and they're going to continue to be a dominant force in college football. Number two, and this is where it gets a little bit interesting because other teams do also have to break in new quarterbacks. And while I trust them to do so, similarly to Georgia, I do look at the returning pieces at Michigan and I think to myself, you know what, in the post-spring post-spring transfer uh, portal window, I think Michigan still remains my number two team in the country going into next year. They've got so much talent coming back and this is a team that has been the best team in the Big Ten over the last two years. Um, They're great on the offensive line. They're great on the defensive line. They can run. They've got probably, I would consider him one of the best corners in college football, if not the best, in Will Johnson, even though he's not going to be able to come out in the draft because he's just going to be a true sophomore. Uh, They've got Mike Sainer still in the back end. They've got Junior Colson. Like, their defense is going to be fantastic. Then you look at the offensive side. They have reloaded on the offensive line in the transfer portal, as well as developed what they've already had. Sharon Moore is an excellent offensive line coach slash offensive coordinator. J.J. McCarthy is going to be a year older. Blake Corum's coming back. Donovan Edwards is coming back. They've got all those. Roman Wilson on the... This team is going to be really, really good. So Michigan is going to be number two. And by the way, they're now recruiting at a really high level. If you look at the 2024 rankings, at least as as far as high school rankings go, Michigan, number one, after a cycle in which I didn't feel like they took advantage in recruiting this last year of their success over the last two years, they're taking advantage now. Number one in the country in in the recruiting rankings, number two in my post-spring uh, poll here, top 25. Number three is going to be Ohio State. Ohio State, let's just put it to you this way. If Ohio State had a returning quarterback, they would be number one. Because I actually think at a, at a top end level, when you look at draftable players going into next year, the 2025 draft, I guess that would be no, 2024 draft. Is that a 25 draft? 24 draft. You look at the 24 draft, it's littered there's five or six guys from Ohio State in the top 25. You know, they're gonna have four, five, maybe even six players drafted in the first round. They're loaded. And by the way, all over, you've got corner defensive tackle, you've got two defensive ends in there, you've got a guard, you've got a wide receiver, you've got a running back. So this talent isn't concentrated in one area like it's been over the last couple of years in the wide receiver position. I think it's more spread out for Ohio State. Now, will Kyle McCord be the quarterback? I don't know. Devin Brown? I'm not sure. I think it's going to be Kyle McCord. I will say, I do trust Ryan Day and his ability to develop quarterbacks. Look at what Ohio State has had since he stepped on campus as the offensive coordinator. Hard to argue with what he's developed at the quarterback position. All the last three guys have been first-round draft picks. So... Is Kyle McCord probably going to play well? Yeah. He's probably going to play well. Uh, Ryan has a unique ability to get the most out of his quarterback. Remember... Justin Fields was his first quarterback in the last decade that had had a second year in the system. He had a different quarterback every single year of his system for like eight straight years until Justin Fields played that second year. Now he had Fields for two years. Now he's got CJ for two years. And it looks like he'll have Kyle for two, maybe two, maybe even more. But Ohio State is right there. Again, top-end talent. I'm so impressed with there. At number four, I've got Alabama. Now, Alabama could have been number three, but I think Ohio State is more comfortable with their quarterback position than Alabama. There's no other way to get around it. Alabama is not comfortable with what they had in spring ball, so that's why they had to bring in Tyler Buckner. I've been over this, as you know. Am I concerned for Alabama? No, I'm not concerned. Now, is it a bit eyebrow-raising? Yes, obviously. Tyler Buckner wouldn't be there uh, unless they feel like they needed something. Um, and by the way, Tommy Reese wouldn't tell him to come there and play there unless he thought he was going to play. This is a relationship that has obviously uh, begun at Notre Dame when Tommy Reese was the offensive coordinator for Buckner last year uh, with the Irish. Is he going to tell him, like, hey, come down here and just compete? Or be like, hey, man, we we need you. Come down here and play. Buckner's not going to transfer to go sit. So you can... You can read between the lines as far as the communication between Buckner's old coach and Buckner and why he lands at Alabama. So am I concerned? No. Is this going to be a topic moving into the fall? Yes. And it's the reason I've got them just behind Ohio State because Ohio State didn't need to bring in uh, a transfer quarterback after spring. And then the fifth uh, team in this top tier is Penn State. Penn State's loaded. This is the best team that James Franklin has had since they won the Big Ten championship game. They got these two young running backs that we talked a lot about last year. They're fantastic. The best tackle in college football, Anolu Fashinu, and a new quarterback in Drew Aller, who a lot of people are excited for. This is a defense that it's going to continue to be very solid. They have been for a long time, but they will continue to be very solid. I'm very interested in Drew Aller. This is the type of guy that I think could be a top-end talent. I think he could have a sophomore campaign similar to what we saw from Drake May a year ago. So that's something to 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 watch for when we're watching this Big Ten and in particular the Big Ten East because here I've got all, all three of these teams, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State ready to go all in the top five. Now I get to my next tier, okay? And the next tier is also five schools and I didn't really There was one team that I might have included in the next tier, but this next tier is another group of five schools, and it was very clear to me after spring, after the spring transfer portal window, who was going to be the top team in my next tier, and that's number six, and it's USC. You know exactly, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know exactly how I feel about Lincoln, Riley, and USC. Amazing offense, they've built exactly what they have, At Oklahoma, and yet this same issue kept arising, which is what are you on defense? Are you good enough on defense? Do you play requisite defense to win a championship? And up to this point, the answer was no. Up to this point, the answer was no. But they've added real defensive players. Look at what they did on the defensive line Bear Alexander and Anthony Lucas from the SEC, they got Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State. All right, so there's been a lot of people that have said like, hey, is is, is Alex Grinch the guy, as defensive coordinator? Well, we're going to find out because I do think that they've got really good players based on what happened in the transfer portal. We know Caleb Williams, so when you combine the fact that I think that they're going to be better on defense and they have Caleb Williams, who was the Heisman Trophy winner, one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in a long time they've got something in their number six. LSU is going to be number seven. They're the next team in that second tier. I trust Brian Kelly. He's one of the best coaches in America. I really like Jaden Daniels uh, and what he brings. I think that they're going to be talented around uh, Jaden Daniels. I think that this this team is a team that, When I looked at last year and I saw the things that they were able to do well and the things that they struggled with, it was a maturation process. And it was something that I could see trending in a positive direction. And I think that they're going to be a a very good uh, uh, team this next year. At number eight, I've got Florida State. I I like Jordan Travis after a breakout season. I, I like Mike Norvell a lot. Here's one thing that I would just say. Just a a bit of caution on Florida State. I'm going to put them in there in that next year at at eight. This is a high ranking, and I think it's about as high as as they maybe deserve. Because, listen, in the last five years, they were nothing before a pop. So what you have to fight against is this being a blip on the radar. Was the the double-digit wins a blip on the radar, or was it something that we can expect year over year? Remember in the last, what, four or five years, the most wins that they had had was six in any given season. So it was a slow build for Norvell, but it needs to stick now. And that stickiness is, is where I'm questioning this. I'm going to throw an asterisk down beside Florida State. If there's one team in the top 10 that I would say, like, who, who would you bet on as the most likely to not be in the top 10 at the end of the year? It would probably be Florida State because of what I'm talking about. At number nine, it's Washington. Boy. He doesn't get a lot of attention, but he should be probably... Third to fourth on the odds in terms of winning the Heisman Trophy this next year, and that's Michael Penix, their quarterback. If he stays healthy for Kalen DeBoer, they've got the wide receivers, and I think that they've got the schedule to go out there and do some damage. So I like Washington a lot. I think Washington's going to be a really good team. And then the last team in the second tier is going to be Tennessee. And Tennessee, similarly to Florida State, has got to prove to me that this is not a blip on the radar, that this is not a one-off that they were able to go out there and win 10 games. If you look at their offense under Josh Heupel, this is a very wide receiver-centric offense and quarterback-centric offense. They've got to replace their two best wide receivers and their quarterback. That can be difficult to do. Is it going to be Joe Milton? I, I, I think it's going to be Joe Milton. This guy has... An amazing arm at times. I don't know whether he's going to throw up five euros up into the stands or he's going to throw an absolute dime into a small window. That accuracy has got to get better. I've seen this guy ever since he was a young quarterback at Michigan. Very talented. I think he can do it, but we'll have to wait and see there. Okay, now let's get into the next tier of teams, and it's really from here until the end of the top 25, but if you really look at it, there was about 10 teams that I'm really looking at between 11 and 20, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's one team that jumps out at me as a team that's earned the top spot in this third tier, which is the 11th-ranked team after the spring, Utah. Utah is back-to-back Pac-12 champions. They've been to the Rose Bowl two straight years. Kyle Whittingham has built something that is... Very sustainable with, I believe, 10 wins in three of the last four years. This is a really good team with their quarterback returning, uh, with the running back returning. You know the defense is always going to be be very good. Utah's not going anywhere, so that's why Utah is going to get the benefit of the doubt. They're going to land right there in the 11 spot. I really like what they bring back. Cam Rising, I trust. They've got Keithy coming back, so I don't think the um, Kincaid loss is going to hurt as much as people think, Um, but that's why I've got Utah right there. The next team I really trust is Oregon. One, because they've recruited at a high level, but they also have their quarterback back. Bo Nix is going to be in there in the top five in terms of Heisman Trophy odds to start the year, and rightly so. The one concern I do have for Oregon is they've got to replace four offensive linemen, and this is a team that was very offensive line and run game centric in front of Bo Nix. It kept him clean for the most part, although he struggled with some injuries uh, during the course of the year. Oregon's going to be very talented. I think that they're going to have a solid defense, but they've got to replace those guys and develop up front in order to get it really uh, um, going up front in terms of running the ball, which is what they want to do. All right, number 13 I've got, Notre Dame. Listen, Notre Dame is going to be upgraded at quarterback. I think Sam Hartman is an upgrade for Notre Dame at quarterback. This guy threw 110 touchdown passes at Wake. Like, He's a good player. This is better than what they had which, by the way, read between the lines if Tyler Buckner is starting for Alabama and he was the starter last year for Notre Dame, and I'm telling you that Notre Dame is now upgraded at quarterback with Sam Hartman, that tells you I think that Notre Dame's in a better position right now at quarterback than Alabama, um, which I think is interesting. I think Notre Dame is, is going to be very good on the offensive line. They're going to be upgraded at quarterback, and they needed to be because their offense was not very good last year, and I do still believe that they're going to be solid on the defensive side with Marcus Freeman. Now let's get into 14. 14 is going to be Clemson. And and I just want to sit for a moment on Clemson. So Clemson is in a point in their natural evolution. They got to the mountaintop and they've had a little bit of a lull now. Well, they're starting, they've lost assistant coaches. There's these little, you know, this is what makes it so difficult to win championships over cycles of recruits or coaches. This is what makes Nick Saban so special, is that it's difficult to do it. Just ask Dabo Sweeney. They're suffering through a little bit of a lull. Now, are they still elite? Absolutely. Um, are they still going to be great on defense? Yes. Are they as talented out at wide receiver? Probably not uh, of what they've been in the past. I do, thought, I do like Club Nick a lot at, at Clemson, but here's the key. I think Dabo is doing the right thing and going out there and trying to bring in an outside voice to jumpstart, spark the offense, and really his entire program by bringing in Garrett Riley. It really reminds me of what Bob Stoops did after an 8-win season when he brought in Lincoln Riley to Oklahoma and all of a sudden they went on a nice run. They won 11 games each of the next two years and then all of a sudden Riley was the head coach and then Riley took them to the playoffs. This seems like that type of a move, that that this is going to invigorate this program and more specifically this offense, which quite frankly had become a little bit watered down and basic. And they need this. They need this in, in, in a bad way. And I think it could be something to watch for. I do like Clemson and I love the Garrett Riley influence there as their offensive coordinator. Now, the place that he left and the reason I've got Clemson right above TCU is because he left, and so TCU falls right there a number 15. Now, 15 might be high. This is the benefit of the doubt that I think Sonny Dykes is a very good coach. It's their culture. Uh, it's the fact that they had a great year. Could they fall off just like I was talking about with Tennessee and FSU? Yeah, maybe. Remember, Tennessee hadn't had a 10-win season since 2007, and then all of a sudden they jumped up with a d- double-digit win season. Last year, TCU, out of nowhere, wins a bunch of close games. Here they are in the national championship. Could that go the opposite direction? Sure. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Remember, Chandler Morris was the starting quarterback to begin the season last year. So I don't feel like they... Let's just say I don't feel like they are starting at ground zero at quarterback, replacing Max Duggan. At number 16, I've got Oregon State. Um, Why is Oregon State 16th, Joel? Jonathan Smith is their head coach. It's not actually about DJU, DJU Uyunglele. It's more about Jonathan Smith. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in America. They are incredibly sound. They run it well. They're physical at the point of attack. I like what they do at the line of scrimmage. That's a, that's a culture that I trust with Jonathan Smith as their head coach. And so I've got them at 16. I, I think that that is a good program that nobody really looks at, that nobody really talks about. So this is a Jonathan Smith ranking. All right, uh, 17, against my better judgment, and, and partly because there were some holes with some teams coming up uh, uh, in the next few, Texas is going to be at 17. And and Texas is going to be at 17 primarily because of their overall talent what they were able to do in the portal and that I think that Quinn Ewers is the type of a player that if he plays at the level we saw him at against Alabama and some other teams they're going to win a lot of football games. Now again am I going to talk about Texas in, in any type of high regard until they earn it? No I'm not going to. Now do I think that they should be a top 25 team? Yes based on um, their their overall talent and what they've been able to do and why I'm ranking some of these other teams, and yes, Texas is going to be in there. Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, they're talented, right? They're better at the line of scrimmage than they've been in a number of years, maybe a decade, and I think that's probably going to help them more than anything. I'm going to stay in the Big 12 uh, for the next couple. I like Kansas State at 18. Kansas State wins the Big 12 last year. Kleinman gets his uh, contract extended, so good for him. Um, Will Howard is a guy I really like. I like this uh, Treshawn Ward, the Florida State transfer uh, tailback. I think that he's a really good player and this is a program that we should never underestimate. So I've got Kansas State in there at 18. Oklahoma is going to be at 19 and I thought about moving them up a little bit higher because I like a lot of the pieces that Oklahoma has. Oklahoma went 0-5 in one score games last year, okay? So basically the exact opposite of TCU. Now they're bringing their quarterback back and Dylan Gabriel. They got way better in the transfer portal, by the way, in particular on the defensive side. You've got Deshaun McCullough, uh, Jacob Lacey, Andrew Anthony, the wide receiver from Michigan, Reggie Pearson. They were fourth in the country in high school recruiting, including five-star safety, including, by the way, four, what is it, three players in the top 16 in the country? Oh, OU could have a big splash season. If there was a team in the top in the top 10, that I would say, like if I had to bet they wouldn't be in the top 10 at the end of the year, it'd be Florida State. If there was a team 10 to 20, that I would put an asterisk and I would say if you had to bet at, at a team entering the top 10 by the end of the year, who would it be? I would say Oklahoma. The fact that they lost those one-score games, I believe that they're going to be a riser. I think they can get back to double digits, and I think that they're a, a pretty good team. I like what Brent Venables is doing. At 20, I've got Ole Miss. Quenchaun Judkins, love him. Obviously, he was fantastic. They've got four offensive linemen, starters, uh, returning for Lane Kiffin. Um the quarterback situation's a little wonky, right, with Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders and, uh, who is it, Walker Howard, the LSU transfer. So I don't know exactly who's going to be there. But similar to, let's say, a Ryan Day or a Lincoln Riley, I know he's quirky, but Lane Kiffin always gets quality quarterback play, and his offenses can always go out there and score some points. So I like Ole Miss at 20. I'm fine with that. And then you get to kind of my last tier. And these are the teams that kind of sneak into the top 25. And we'll start with number uh, 21, and that is North Carolina. And they are the top of that next tier because of one name, Drake May. I trust him. I love him as a player. Got to see him and meet him uh, in preparation for the Holiday Bowl, a game that they eventually lost to Oregon. But, man, he was fantastic. In fact, I was talking with Dan Lanning um, not too long ago, a few weeks ago, and we were talking about that game, the Holiday Bowl. And he not only said, like, hey, we had a great time at the Holiday Bowl because the Holiday Bowl is awesome and they do a great job, but also he was like, dude, Drake May is unbelievable. And I was like, I know. He made some throws in that game that not many people in the country can make. Maybe only Caleb Williams is the only other guy that can make some of those plays, and that's why we talk about him in generational uh, standards. They added a couple transfer wide receivers to give him targets, and we'll see if, if that pays off. At 22, I've got Iowa. Iowa could be a total fiasco this next year with the whole Brian Ferentz has to score 25 points. And I mean, that's not fair to Cade McNamara. And yet here they are a defense that's always good. Best defense over the last couple of years in college football outside of Georgia, which was on a totally different level. Here's Iowa. They're absolutely going to be fantastic on defense. We know that. And they should be better on offense. Like this is a team that should threaten. In the Big Ten, they should, but they've got this arbitrary mark of twenty-five points. You're telling me that they're not going to take like, hey, you're winning every every game by like twenty-one to ten. Well, whoa, whoa, you're not averaging twenty-five points. Who cares? Who cares? I think that this is going to put an undue pressure on the play caller Brian Ferentz. It's going to put undue pressure on Cade McNamara and the rest of the offense. This could be a total fiasco at, at Iowa. Second worst in the FBS last year. They scored 17.7 points per game. And now you put some arbitrary number out there. It's not going to help anybody. But great defense. Kirk is still there. I think that's going to be an interesting one. I put them just ahead of Wisconsin just because uh, Kirk is, is still there. Whereas you're going to get the new coaching staff at Wisconsin. And While I think Luke Fickle is going to do great, uh, it's interesting. Not to mention, Tanner Mordecai comes in. I think he's going to be an upgrade at quarterback. And then, sorry, Badger fans, he threw four picks in the spring game. And you've got to be thinking to yourself, like, oh, my gosh, Graham Mertz 2.0. Like, please, just give us a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, So that was fascinating um, there. Remember now, this is a team that's going to get a new coordinator and a new identity on offense with Phil Longo. I like Tanner Mordecai. They've still got some talent on, on that side, obviously, at running back Braylon Allen. And and I think Luke Fickle will do a nice job. This is a really good head coach. You saw what he did at Cincinnati. He took him to a playoff. And so now they're sitting there at 23. At 24, I've got Texas Tech. Um, beat O U N Texas last year, won eight games. Joey Maguire's doing good things in recruiting. Um, and then the last thing that I would say is, like, when Tyler Shuck was their quarterback, they were much better. When he went down, they would struggle a little bit. Talking with Joey at some of the spring meetings, Coach McGuire told me, like, hey, I feel really good about my quarterback, and he should, right? They were right there, save for some injuries. Now, they have to replace some top-end talent on the defense, that's fine. He's recruited very well, and that's a team that I could think could easily be a top 25 team. And then to bring up the last team in the top 25, I'm gonna go with UCLA. Chip Kelly is gonna have to coach at UCLA for the first time without Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, so DTR is not there. Um, do I think that they're going to be all right? Yeah. They run the ball really well. They've they've done a good job in development. They've done a good job in the transfer portal overall. Um, the, the, the the transfer portal is where they've kind of lived because they have not done a great job in terms of recruiting high school talent, although they did get the five-star Dante Moore, the quarterback, who I think could be an interesting option um, at, at quarterback, along with that battle with Ethan, Ethan Garbers. So UCLA, I think Chip is, is a heck of a coach. I think he's built something that is more sustainable at UCLA than, than previous coaches. And they're going to be in there in the top 25. If you had to ask me, who were the teams that you were considering putting in that top 25 that did not make it? It would be a list of about, oh, five teams. South Carolina is in that list. I would put Tulane, Texas A&M, North Carolina State, uh, probably UTSA as well, Texas San Antonio. So those were the teams uh, that were in there. For consideration. So there you have it. There's the top 25 post-spring edition here for the Joel Klatt Show. This will change a little bit as we get nearer the season, but this gives you a little bit of a snapshot after some of these transfers left where my mind's at as we're going into the season here in college football. Should be a great season. I'm really excited. Uh, obviously, Big Ten East is going to be loaded. The SEC is still going to be loaded. And then I think USC is going to have a better opportunity to compete at the highest playoff level. So if you're looking at the top end of college football, I think that there's some excitement that you're going to get coast to coast competition. The Big Ten's going to be very strong. It's not just going to be a conversation about the SEC. They're still going to be great, obviously, with Georgia and Alabama and even a team like LSU. But there's some parity right now across the nation in college football for this year that I think is really going to help. And I think that's a uh, benefit or or I should say the reason we have that is twofold. The, the portal and NIL is starting to disperse talent a little bit in a way that it wasn't previously. Okay. So that's going to do it. Listen, uh, thank you for listening. As always, follow us at Joel Clatt Show on any of the social medias. Rate, review us, subscribe to the podcast so you know when uh, new episodes drop. We'll be back next Monday with some more post-spring uh, thoughts here on college football as we inch closer towards our summer series. We're going to have a great series, big noon conversations um, with some of the best voices and biggest and most influential voices in all of college football. That'll drop uh, later in, in June. Can't wait for that. So pay attention and we'll have more info as we're coming uh, up on that during the course of the year. Thank you for listening as always, and I hope you have a great week.